You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. We are going to have a busy one. We are getting closer. We are only a couple of days away from being able to say we are at single-digit days until Tennessee plays its opener against South Carolina. 11 days to go from today's show. This is the Tuesday episode, and on today's show, we're going to talk about Tennessee's offense in segment number one. You're going to hear from a guy that is going to play a really important role in Tennessee's offense, and will play an important role in an area where Tennessee needs to improve offensively. That's Ty Chandler. Ty is a senior, and he will play a big role in what happens with Tennessee's running game. You'll hear him coming up talking about competing with Eric Gray for playing time, as they both are going to play a lot this season. In segment number two, Josh Pate of 247 Sports noticed a challenge that Jeremy Pruitt has provided to some of his players. Hear what Josh had to say about that. And also that challenge that Jeremy Pruitt delivered. I'll bring it back up so you get a little bit of uh, context there as well. And then I'll finish out the show today with some more Tennessee basketball. You're going to hear from Victor Bailey Jr., who will play an important role for Tennessee. He's a guy who set out last year as a transfer from Oregon, so he's in his fourth year in college basketball, and he could be a good player for Tennessee. can shoot, can defend, he's a good athlete. So Victor Bailey will be a part of today's show in segment number three. Locked On Vols is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, here five days a week covering what's going on with Tennessee. As I mentioned, the football team is getting closer to the start of the season. And we spent a lot of time talking about quarterback play, and that's going to matter for sure. And what Jared Garantano is able to do is going to matter. But Tennessee is going to need to run the football, and Tennessee needs to be better running the football this upcoming season. The Vols were 12th in the SEC last year in rushing offense, actually ahead of Florida. The, two, the only two teams behind Tennessee were Florida and Vanderbilt. Tennessee was behind Arkansas, South Carolina, Missouri. The best in the conference last year was Kentucky, which probably doesn't surprise you with what they had to do offensively with Lynn Bowden at quarterback. But Tennessee was near the bottom in the conference last year in rushing offense at 144 yards per game, and Tennessee averaged 4.07 yards per carry. That was 13th best in the SEC. Tennessee needs to be better there. Now, when we look at Tennessee's offense, and then we especially look at the skill position players, if you're ranking all of those players, I think you might say two of the top three are at running back, that being Ty Chandler and Eric Gray. And there's a ton of attention on Eric Gray this season. The hype meter is pegging very much to the right. But let's not forget about Chandler. First of all, Gray can't play that much. They're going to have to be careful with how much they use him. You don't want to overwork Gray. You don't want to overwork any running back. And the, the same would be said for Chandler. He's going to need Gray to play an important role in this upcoming season as well. The truth is that they're going to be, I think, a really good one-two punch, and then we'll see how much depth there is in the backfield behind those two guys, and certainly you hope that they stay healthy. When Ty Chandler spoke to the media the other day on a Zoom conference call, he talked about how Eric Gray has pushed him and how their competition should be good for Tennessee's offense. Oh, no doubt, man. Like they say, iron sharpens iron, and I'm, I'm just grateful to be able to be in the room with him. Um, he has a great skill set, brings to the game. Um, and he's even taught me things. Uh, we talk about stuff all the time, and we just feed off each other. And, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to go out there and compete with him. Um, I feel like he gets me better. He gets the whole team better. So I love it. Ty Chandler talking about Eric Gray. So do not forget about Ty and the role that he will play. And I've spent the last 
three years probably at this point, talking about involving Chandler more in the passing game. And I think Chandler and Gray can both be really effective players in the passing game for Tennessee. And actually, that can allow Tennessee to get creative in having both of those players on the field at the same time. Because when opposing defensive coordinators pull up tape, they're going to see that Chandler and Gray both possess home run potential. So if they're both on the field, and if you move one of those guys around, if Chandler lines up in the slot with Gray in the backfield, that's something that opposing defenses are going to pay attention to. And Jim Chaney could then create some kind of matchup that would allow those guys, one of those players, to be in a position where they have a matchup advantage and boom, you have a big explosive play. Those are, I think, the two biggest home run hitters. I don't know if I would say two best athletes, Malachi Weidman, Jalen Hyatt, they're getting a lot of attention. Josh Palmer, I think, can can make some nice plays for Tennessee. Valus Jones, at any point with the football, could take it to the house. But in terms of guys that are going to play a lot, they're going to have the ball a lot, I think that conversation starts with Chandler and Gray. And then we come back to the red zone, which is also an area where Tennessee needs to improve. And quarterback play is going to be a factor there. The offensive line improving, as it should, uh, that will be a factor. If Tennessee's offensive line is better and the quarterback's making better decisions, I'm talking about Jarrett Garantano right now or anybody in that spot you hope to be better than a year ago, well, that should help Tennessee inside the 20-yard line. But I also think the running game improving is going to have to be a factor there as well, and that comes back to Chandler and Gray. So those guys being able to help Tennessee in a number of different ways as runners, as receivers, in the red zone, trying to punch the ball in. T. Hodge, is he a a freshman, a bigger back that could help them near the goal line? Maybe so. Uh, Could Quavaris Crouch be in that role at some point? They could take a look there, but I think it starts with Chandler and Gray. And Chandler talked about what he wanted to improve on this past offseason, his at least projected to be final offseason. I know he could come back next year as a fifth-year senior because of the extra eligibility allowance, but Assuming this is his last showcase for the NFL, this is what Ty Chandler said he wanted to work on this offseason to get ready for this upcoming 2020 season. Me personally, I just want to um, just being able to finish runs, um, just seeing different things such as uh, read keys and holes and uh, just just going out there and being able to execute, uh, playing consistent. Uh, so that's something I really want to improve on my game and even catching balls out of the backfield. So. Uh, just being able to take that to the next level. Uh, that's something I really wanted to improve on and uh, making people miss, stuff like that. Ty Chandler, so a few things that I hit on there. Catching the ball out of the backfield, making plays in the passing game, and finishing runs. That would include, I'm sure, short yardage situations, third down runs, and plays in the goal line. So we'll see how the backfield plays out this year. Let's see how deep they are. Jabari Small is a freshman that has, I think, impressed in practice. T. Hodge has gotten good reviews from off-season workouts to fall practice. And then another freshman, Lyneth Whitehead, is somebody who could factor in later on the season, but as he is returning from injury, he is not a factor right now. It's not an incredibly deep position group. They can move guys around. There's been talk of D. Beckwith, just a, a big athlete that could factor in. So that that tells me they still want to see more from the backfield, but I think that's looking for somebody with size that can make some kind of impact. It starts with Chandler, and it starts with Gray. You're going to see those guys a lot, and you're hoping to see those guys make big plays in the offense. If they do, that makes things easier on Jarrett Garantano. That makes things easier for Tennessee's wide receivers. If opposing defenses are worried about Chandler or Gray as receivers, 
well, the receivers themselves could get better one-on-one matchups. Coming up next, what about the challenge Jeremy Pruitt has given to his football team, especially those guys up front on defense? That has gotten some notice. You'll hear Josh Pate of 247 Sports talk about it coming up next. You'll hear the challenge from Jeremy Pruitt. In the second segment of today's show, Locked on Vols, presented by rockauto.com, a sponsor we really appreciate on today's show. And if you think about all the growing numbers of makes and models of vehicles, If you go into a store, you might find it almost impossible for them to stock a number of different parts for every single kind of car. But if you go online to rockauto.com, you will find a unique catalog with a selection of a number of different parts, different manufacturers that they have available for you to choose from to find the best price and the best option for you with whatever kind of vehicle you have. rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com, shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they keep the prices reliably low. That's for professionals. That's for do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can more conveniently go shop online? So check out rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Over the last several days, I guess going back to the start of last week, I've spent a pretty good amount of time on the show talking about how many players have had to miss practice, the fact that a week and a half ago, Right about there, Tennessee was not able to have a full scrimmage as it hoped to because 44 players were out. And with guys being out, guys being in, I'm sure it's difficult for Jeremy Pruitt to find real consistency from his players. I'm sure it's difficult for the players to make that happen. One, if they're not there, you know they can't make an impact on the practice field. Also, guys that are practicing, they are not working with the same teammates every single day. So when you are able to do some situational scrimmage work, things can be thrown off there. But there's no doubt Jeremy Pruitt has said, hey, we need to be better up front on the defensive line. You'll hear the challenge that he presented to them last week with how they've been performing. And Jeremy's talked about overall there's been some sloppy play, which I also would have expected. We saw it on Saturday with teams that were actually out there playing games. Why would you not expect to hear about it on the practice field? But Josh Pate heard the challenge. Josh Pate of 247 Sports and on his show, Late Kick, He talked about what he's heard from Tennessee's head coach and the challenge that is there and what that might say about where things stand with 11 days to go before the opener. Listen to what Josh Pate said on his show, Late Kick, for 247 Sports. Offensive strategy, offensive philosophy, I don't think there's much mystery what Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney, more specifically, are trying to do there this year. Now, a lot of folks have made a big deal, rightfully so, about keying in on programs that return the same head coach and the same offensive coordinator and the same quarterback and most of the same offensive line talent. And Tennessee fits all these descriptions, but yet the same people who make those arguments 
would never in a million years circle Tennessee as a team to watch. Why? They don't believe in the personnel. They don't believe in Jared Garantano. I'm not going to sit here and tout him as a preseason All-American by any stretch of the imagination, but what I am saying is Jeremy Pruitt probably looking at the situation and saying, we open against South Carolina. We think we're better than them. We think we've got a better roster. They've also got questions at quarterback right now. They don't have it nailed down. Week two, we play Missouri. We're just flat out better than them. Week three, we play Georgia. They have no clue who their quarterback's going to be. So we at least have continuity and consistency there. We know who it's going to be. We're not trying to install all this new stuff on the fly on a condensed, truncated timetable. And so we could shock some people. But the way we're going to have to do it is not by throwing the ball 55 times in a game. We've got to take a sledgehammer to people's kneecaps. That's how we can beat them. We got the offensive line to do it. We got the running back skill to do it. And so we got to be consistent enough offensively. But see, that only works if your defense is taking care of things. And I don't know how many of you have been paying attention. Out of Knoxville recently, there's been some really, really tough love being dealt by this guy, Jeremy Pruitt, to his defensive front. Not even the first time he's done it. This week was the latest example, but he's been very critical of them. And I don't... I don't think it's for show. I don't think it's window dressing at all. I don't think he has liked what he's seen at all from the lack of pressure that they've been generating. I think they've been very poor at tackling. And you say, oh, well, that's to be expected. No, it's not to be expected. It may be to be excused in some people's eyes, but this is not a program who has five and five aspirations either. Their Vegas over-under win total may be floating around there, but Jeremy Pruitt doesn't care about that. That guy wants to win the East this year, not in 2023. And so... I think they've got the horses defensively. I don't think they're lacking for bodies. But, you know, we've seen with Texas, for example, we've seen Brennan Eagles at Texas, guy who's a returning starter. And so you just assume, all right, well, you know, I'm the leader in the clubhouse now. No, guy's been bypassed. Still going to play, but he's been bypassed. I think they may have a little of that that's crept into the Tennessee locker room too. Still got a little time to rectify that. But, man, he's been very critical. Uh, check out some of those sound bites. It's just he has made – he's pulled no punches when talking about his defensive front. That was Josh Pate on Late Kick on his show, and uh, I, I haven't found Jeremy Pruitt to be that strong in his comments, but I did play this last week because it stood out, and I do think it was him saying, hey, we've got to be better here and pretty quickly because the season is getting closer. This is Jeremy Pruitt last week talking about the defensive lineman, and notice here first, he talks about a couple of guys that don't get talked about a, a lot having practiced pretty well, which might have been a message to the other guys that are going to be playing more. You know, there was a there was a couple of guys that uh, <clears throat> showed improvement to me. Um, Prime Garland, uh, I, I, I thought, had his best practice. Uh, Jaquan Blakely um, continues to to work hard. He'd been out a few days, but he was back. So uh, we're taking baby steps up there, and we've got to we've got to continue to do that. So. You know, we, we, the, the, the next several practices are, are really big practices for those guys. Uh, uh, we, we, we need to get out of the baby steps and probably start taking some leaps, you know. Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt, and that's the challenge to his defensive lineman. And when he's talking about baby steps and we need to get out of that, you would expect that he would feel that way when we're talking about a defensive line that now has a lot of veterans or guys that have played more guys that are third, fourth, fifth-year players in the program. And again, I know guys have been in and out of the lineup on the practice field, but Matthew Butler is a senior. Greg Emerson is a third-year sophomore who played a good amount last year. Latrell Bumpus is a senior. Aubrey Solomon, senior. Darrell Middleton, 
senior. You have a, a number of guys that have played a good amount now on the defensive line, and Jeremy Pruitt saying, okay, you've played. You had your experience last year, a year ago at this time. Yeah, you hadn't played that much. You didn't know exactly what to do. That is not the case now. So those players need to be ready to go. And I also imagine that he is going to say, hey, if a freshman steps up, you can get on the field. Let's see what happens as the year goes along with guys like Amari Thomas, Dominic Bailey. And then, uh, you know, Tennessee is going to be looking for more of a pass rush. And Kevon Bennett's going to be expected to lead that way, DeAndre Johnson. But they're going to start pushing guys like Roman Harrison and Tyler Barron, who's a true freshman, Morvin Joseph, and say, somebody's got to make a move here. Somebody's got to be more productive And then to go back to the offensive side, it does start up front with what Tennessee wants to do. That's why I talked about the running game in the first segment. And a lot of the confidence from either fans or media talking about Tennessee, I think this offseason, came back to the lines of scrimmage on both sides. And that still exists with the offensive side, but it's been more of a curious issue on the defensive side. On Monday's show, Derek Ansley talked about the defensive line needing to get better. And Jeremy Pruitt made those comments right there. And now it's starting to get a little national attention. One of the things that Josh Pate said that I imagine you agree with, you're not looking for Tennessee to just go 5-5. Five and five. If that happens, yeah, I, th- I think that's okay. That's actually where my prediction stands right now. But that is not Tennessee's standard. Typically, we're talking about a 12-game schedule. And this year, I think we were talking about Tennessee going at least 8-4. and four. Well, Tennessee, it had three cupcake games that were dropped, but also the Oklahoma game. So Tennessee going from 8-4 and four to 5-5 five and five in a conference-only schedule, that's probably not what you're looking for. And I'm very confident that's not what Jeremy Pruitt is looking for. So that'll be worth monitoring what Jeremy Pruitt has to say the next time he talks to the media about how guys have been practicing, if, uh, if some of that sloppy play has been cleaned up, and what he is seeing up front on the defensive side. A lot of people are paying attention there. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, if you've been paying attention to Tennessee basketball, you've noticed that Victor Bailey Jr. has gotten a lot of talk. The guy that Josiah Jordan-James said is maybe the best-kept secret in college basketball, you will hear from him coming up next, talking about helping Tennessee at the point guard position and the culture of Tennessee basketball that he's now a part of. That's coming up right here on Locked on Vols, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. If you have not subscribed to the show, please do so wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you'll get Locked on Vols as soon as it posts every single day, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. If you have heard me talk about Tennessee basketball over the last few weeks, what have you heard me say over and over and over again? That this team is deep, that this team can be really good defensively, that this team is more athletic, it has more length. Well, there are a number of players that make that possible, and one of them is Victor Bailey Jr., who probably soon will not be a very well-kept secret like Josiah Jordan-James said a few weeks ago because he's being talked about a lot. And Bailey met with the media via Zoom Last week, for the first time, I believe for the first time since he's been in Knoxville. He set out last year as a transfer at Oregon, and Bailey played a good amount while he was at Oregon as a freshman and sophomore. He's played in the NCAA tournament. He's a guy that is a good athlete. He was well-regarded as a four-star prospect in high school. He played a little less than 17 minutes a game as a freshman at Oregon the next year, a little more than 19 minutes per game. He started eight games as a sophomore, averaging 7.4 points per game. And what would stand out to me is his shooting percentage behind the three-point line, better than 36% as a freshman, almost 40% as a sophomore. And he shot really well from the free throw line in his two seasons at Oregon. He's a guy that can shoot. 
He's 6'4", has really good length, and also can play a couple of different spots. Victor Bailey was asked the other day about working at point guard this past year. He had a chance to work at a position where Tennessee has continued to grow since Jordan Bone left. You have Santiago Vescovi, who is a part of the conversation, guys that can play with the ball or off it like Josiah Jordan-James, and now Victor Bailey is a part of that. He talked about, again, over the last year, working at the point guard position and how sitting and learning this past year helped him. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I had to um, – that year sitting out for me was good. Um, it was a struggle because it's hard to watch my teammates play and, and do stuff like that. But I um, just really sit down and uh, watch Tay and um, watch film a bone and uh, get to see Santi and those guys run the point. Um, and get to do it every day in practice helped a lot. So I feel a lot uh, – really comfortable doing it. And is that, is that your primary position now? Is that, is that where you feel like you're going to get peaked for uh, most of your time? Yeah, I, I think it's still a combo. I, I can still do both. Um, um, honestly, whatever, whatever coach asks me to do I, at this point, I can do it, which, which I feel comfortable being able to say. Victor Bailey Jr., and that brings me to another word that I bring up a lot with this Tennessee basketball team, and that is versatility. Guys that can play with the basketball, guys that can play off the ball, defensively guys that can switch and guard a number of different players on the other end of the floor. I just think that is so important. And Bailey's a guy, his parents are big-time athletes. He's played in a big-time program at Oregon in the Pac-12. He's familiar with Rick Barnes and Rick Barnes' coaching staff. And now, having spent a year playing at Tennessee, you may have heard, playing point guard for Rick Barnes is not easy. And he's, he can be very hard on his guards. The fact that Bailey's an older guy, he's heading into his fourth year, so academically he's a senior, he's a guy that has probably better understanding and emotionally can handle that hard coaching. And also when he committed to Tennessee, when he left Oregon and decided to go to Tennessee, he had to know there would be competition. He had to know that Tennessee was recruiting at a high level and he had to have at least a pretty good idea having, he's from Austin. I should have mentioned that he's from Austin. So he saw Texas basketball with Rick Barnes. He had to have an idea of what Barnes would expect of him. And here's the other word that gets brought up by just about everybody He had to know about the culture, the culture of Tennessee basketball. Listen to what Bailey said about it, having been with the program now for more than a year and seeing what Rick Barnes and his coaching staff expect from the players. Hard workers, Um, hard workers. I mean, from 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 the coaches to the managers to the GAs to everybody, everybody is is always working and and trying to help each other out. And and you can feel that right when you walk in. And, And when I walked in, I felt it. I felt like everybody wanted to get better. Everybody had a common goal, and, 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 and you know, I really enjoyed uh, being around that and, and being around it now. Victor Bailey Jr., expect him to play an important role for Tennessee's basketball team. He's going to have to compete for it because you do have Vescovi and Josiah Jordan-James, now Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer are a couple of freshmen that will compete and plan to be on the floor. But Bailey is a guy that no doubt adds depth. He adds shooting. He should help them defensively. And also, all of these players collectively just make it a little bit easier if you deal with injuries at some point to have guys that you know you can go to and move players around in different spots. I'd say they can get creative with the different lineups that they run out there. And it it just all adds up to higher expectations and bigger potential and more excitement for Tennessee fans with what this Tennessee basketball team can do. So Victor Bailey Jr., look forward to seeing what he might be able to do this upcoming basketball season. And before I go on today's show, I wanted to finish up with a few notes. If you look in the SEC West, you might have seen the news item that wide receiver Jamon Osmond has opted out at Texas A&M. A&M is a team and a program that is expecting to make a big jump this year. And just because Alabama's there and just because LSU won the national title last year and Auburn's a good program, 
A&M fans are saying, hey, we're paying $75 million to Jimbo Fisher. We need to win more. And this is of greater note here, Osmond opting out because Tennessee has Texas A&M on the schedule in the second half of the season. So Osmond, a really good receiver who was going to play an important role in that offense and would have been going up against Tennessee's secondary that I'm you know, really curious how it will play this year, he will not be there. So that is a hit for Texas A&M's offense, a guy that had close to 1,000 yards receiving more than 60 receptions last year for the Aggies. The other big storyline in college sports continues to be the Big Ten. Will they play? Will all 14 teams play if the Big Ten revotes to get back to action this fall? If they do, it's still going to take some time. Right now, it looks like September 24th is the earliest that Wisconsin would be able to practice if they decide to play this season because they've suspended activities for two weeks and a couple other schools are going through issues in the Big Ten. But pay attention to that. That news should be coming out, I think, here in the next couple of days, what they decide to do if they do indeed revote, as a lot of people have talked about. Locked on Big Ten and locked on college football will have you covered there. Also, this will make it feel like Tennessee's football season is about to begin. Vol Calls is coming up on Wednesday night. It'll be at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Jeremy Pruitt's debut will be next Wednesday, so it'll be game week next Wednesday, but it's an hour-long program, and Tennessee fans can call in and ask questions. Bob Kessling and Brent Hubbs are a part of the show, so Vol Calls is coming back. We have the Big Orange Hotline next week, the Sports Animal, my radio station that I work with in Knoxville. We are gearing up for more Tennessee coverage. We're going to have a season preview show, actually, a roundtable show Tuesday night from 7 until 9, so uh, this is very much in my world, but uh, more Tennessee football programming Makes it feel like football season is getting closer. So I'll continue to get you ready for the start of the season. We'll monitor what's going on with the Big Ten, which of course does not have a direct impact on Tennessee right now because it's a conference-only schedule, but it's still a big college football story. And we'll of course look to see what happens with Tennessee on the practice field as the Vols get ready for kickoff. Thanks so much for being here today on Locked on Vols. The show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts is a big help. And as I mentioned, don't forget to check out Locked on College Football. It's a daily show covering the world of college football. I appreciate you hanging out today. I'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Vols. Oh!